This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile, and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-T-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Good evening, gentle listener, and welcome to Distractable. This episode, Wizened Way leads the gents to sup at the Well of Wisdom and confuses all with his cant of Kantian concepts. Minted Mark declares Death's Vault has an epiphany about divinity and being finger-licking good, and Barbaric Bob reveals he is the personification of sin. From cat piss to cannibalism, Yes! It's time for Wade's Widow Philosophy Hour. Now sit back and prepare to be distracted and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Distractable. This is my first take, and not my first time hosting. I am distracted and joined by my co-hosts and friends, Mark and Bob. Hi guys. Hello! Hello! Look at this doohickey! Whoa! Is that a lens? Well, it has glass in it, and technically I think a lens, but it's not a lens. Is all glass lens, or all lens glass? Or is it a glass only? Is it a canal lens? Oh! Points to Bob for oh ho ho Okay, alright then. <laughs> we are another level of ourselves today, everyone. I would explain how this works, but you know by now, or you don't, and you'll find out by just watching. So, we're gonna move on to small talk. I have a lot to go over today, so uh, we're jumping right into the small talk. How are you guys doing? What's up? What's new? Pens. Pen- like gel pens? Are gel pens coming back? I don't handwrite a lot of stuff in life, but I choose to handwrite some things. And for a long time, these Zebra medium point uh, Z-grip pens were, I thought, the end-all be-all. Uh, pen snobs will laugh at me, but I honestly thought this was a really nice pen. And the main thing for me is I'm left-handed, and these don't smear as bad as other gel pens do. All gel pens smear a little bit if you're left-handed. But this, Uniball 1P gel pens, Uniball 1 ink, which is like gel pen ink and has a similar look, but is different and superior in every way. And these pens are dope. And the pens are really nice. They have a nice matte body. There's a grip here that's the same color, but it is actually grippy. The clip. Uh, oh. The clip. Good, sturdy clip. You found the clippers. You get the two sides. Pick your favorite. Anyway, pens! I found the Uniball 1P was very highly reviewed. Several of the pen creators that I follow on different platforms had this pen as their number one new pen of 2024. It changed the pen. Get 
All right, does anyone... This has got to be even less interesting than Mark's Lens stuff, i got to be honest. No, everyone uses pens. I think it's a lot more applicable than Mark's Lenses. I, I will say, I've been using them a little bit so far. I got the uh, .38 Ultra Fine. I love it. It does. The ink is good. No smearing. Lovely. Beautiful. Highly recommend. Uniball 1P. The pen of the future. I love a good pen. Like, there is nothing better than finding that pen, and there's nothing worth worse than immediately, immediately losing that pen, because, my God, does it leave your life quick. Oh, yeah. Once you, once you lose the pen, like, you have one that's the pen you like, once you've lost it, there's such a slim chance of ever getting it back. It's gone. It's definitely, like, wherever it went, gone forever. I've experienced that way too many times. In my life, uh, I got a new doohickey for a thingamabob that probably is worth talking about to some people. Is it is it a new eyepiece for your what's your thingy that you're holding it? Yeah, yeah. So oh, nice. this is, a, this is a, a small little camera, and I got an electric viewfinder for it just because I had the optical one before. Wait, where's the metal prison bars? What? He's talking about old extendo. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> talking about old extendo lens, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, you know me. As soon as I get a new thing, I throw the other thing that I just got away. So it's no longer with us. That might be a new record. That was so fast. Mark holding his $100,000 Minolta lenses filled with uranium and cat piss. New package <laughs> arrives. Yay! explosions look 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 that hyperbole is appreciated but at the same time i do not have the hundred thousand dollar minolta lens i've got five <laughs> i own all of them why don't you just buy minolta can you buy the company at this point i don't think you're quite aiming the camera right mark it was a little high <laughs> what do you mean? i know you're short so everyone tends to be taller than you but i think that's a little aggressive now he's trying to find the moon bob he wants to get that moon picture he's got the extendo now he's got this it's all about getting the next best picture of the moon how many apple boxes you gotta stand on to look through a lens finder on a camera on a tripod at normal human height listen i can count that high but i won't so shut up <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry sorry i almost did the wrong thing i feel bad i feel bad i feel bad i feel bad funny funny jokes well you guys might want to feel bad nice segue because today we're finally doing it we are doing the morality episode uh-oh you mean oh 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 i don't feel the same enthusiasm but you know what points to mark for being more enthused i'm just chuckling that's just how i chuckle oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what this episode is going to become i'm going to give a rundown of what i think or what from what i know are some of the major moral theories and i'll toss in some little aside or some of the lower ones and i think we'll just discuss if we think there's one better than another if we need multiple if there's a way to come up with one unified theory let's just let's just talk and wherever it goes it goes is is this like quantum physics where people are trying to find the unified theory of the universe and you need the unified theory of morality to ascend? Well, you know how many questions would finally be like not debated anymore if we just knew what was moral and what isn't? Because let me put it to you this way, Mark, you might appreciate this. There are different lenses you can look through to figure out where morals should be applied. <gasps> there's the oh. individual, there's the society. There's like the planet as a whole, humanity, there's humanity and animals, plant there's so many different ways to look at things, so many lenses to look through to figure oh. out where morality lies. Interesting. Okay, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. There are some bigger moral theories that a lot of people know about. I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly throw out some less like 
mainstream theories that are still theories just to let you all know they exist. And there's more, to be clear, there's more theories out there than what I'm going to be naming. I only had so much time to prepare for this. And even if I had more time, we don't have enough time in one episode to cover everything. So this is definitely- I bet we can cover it. We can speed run this shit. You guys came for a buffet and I'm feeding you a Lunchable. Lunchables are good, but it's not quite the same as a homemade Christmas meal. You guys should still do all your own research. Don't take all of this as being absolute fact, because one, I'm rusty. Two, I didn't have as much time to prepare as I would have liked. And three, it's just there's too much to talk about to really give any of these theories the time they deserve. That being said, I'm just going to read to you all some of these theories. If you want to talk about any of them, you can stop me and we can discuss. But I'm just going to basically give you all a rundown that we can talk about what y'all want to talk about. Right here, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight moral theories to quickly go over. The first one I have here. Divine command theory. God is the arbiter of morality. Without God, we can't know right from wrong. That's the simple breakdown. Is this really a theory? Yes. Or is it just straight up fact? Well, that's debatable, I suppose. Done. Debate ended. All right. Uh, Mark believes in divine command theory. That's good. Uh, did you pick it because it was the first one or because it had the word God in it? Listen, or? we're trying to speed run. Do you not see the speed run timer at the top right? No, we're two out of eight. So I'm glad you didn't listen to any more before planting your flag. Is this going to be a battle royale style uh, moral theory showdown? Yes. Uh, each moral theory gets a few minutes to go pick up weaponry and armor and then they're going to meet <laughs> on the battlefield. Uh, listen, <laughs> that's all well and good. But have you heard of the Gary Busey movie Ginger Dead Man? Okay. Well, I am immediately moving on before <laughs> <laughs> if you want to talk about divine moral theory the there's... next moral theory i'm going to quickly go over is called relativism very simplistically no person's morals are better or worse than someone else's moral code is shaped by society a person is raised in and no society is better or worse than another but different societies can have different moral codes that are neither one right or wrong they are just right in and of themselves self-contained that's relativism. Morality is relative to the society in which it's in. The next one, number three, virtue ethics. Only good people make moral decisions. The best way to be moral is to always seek to improve oneself. And as you improve oneself, you earn more liberty to make moral judgments. When you make money, you make more money. That's what money does. Natural rights theories, number four. Every person's endowed with certain inalienable rights, such as life, property, etc. And those rights would exist even if nobody believed in them. That is because they are essential to human happiness and the foundation of a civil society. Yeah, I mean, whatever, right? Uh, deontology is basically that there are rules you follow and your intent matters. You do something you think is good and a bad outcome happens. Because you intended good, it is still moral even if it has a bad outcome. On the other side, there is consequentialism. Morality is contingent on the action's outcome or result. The overall consequence of an action means everything the action brings about, including the action itself. There's a huge debate about what consequences are good or bad, but ultimately the outcome matters more than the intent. Uh, utilitarianism is the greatest good for the greatest number of people. An action is right if it's useful or if it's to the benefit of the majority. An action is right insofar as it brings about happiness. And the greatest happiness for the greatest number should be what guides conduct. So differentiating deontology from Kantian ethics is a bit tricky because they are very related. Kantian ethics... I'm going to try to break this down quickly. It's confusing, but I will. You guys are smart. Everyone else out there, I'm sure you're smart. You can figure this out. Do research, read the book. Human beings are not objects. They are worthy of respect and must be, treat, must be treated as such. An action is morally good if it's determined by a principle of pure reason, regardless of consequence. So stealing is bad because we can't universalize a world in which everyone steals. It's a good theory because it applies to each person individually rather than just applying to a group like utilitarianism. It's weak because it doesn't account for some complex situations or when two absolutes clash. Kant's 
foundations uh, uh, rely on something called the categorical imperative. Act only in according to the maxim by which you can also will that it would become a universal law. So again, you can't universalize everyone stealing. It would be a chaotic anarchy world where you just can't imagine a world where everyone is stealing all the time, right? You can universalize a world in which everyone helps an old lady cross the street. That seems like something that everyone could do that seems good. That's what it's basically saying there. Act in such a way that you treat humanity, whether in your own person or the person of another, never simply as a means, but always at the same time as an end. Don't use people. Always treat them as an end in and of themselves so that you're doing right by them while also trying to do good. That's the second part. Third part. Every rational being must so act as if he were, through his maxim, always a legislating member in a universal kingdom of ends. What a statement. Jesus Christ. Fun fact. If everyone on Earth did a one-on-one -on -one battle and they continued on each round, the entire fight for the world of everyone would be over in 33 rounds. That's not as many as I would have guessed. So what are the ethics of that? Based on which theory? If God wills it, Mark, then, you know, that's... <laughs> yeah, what if God's divine command is that everyone should fight 1v1 battles? Then that is a universal law. That's, that's, that's moral. That is morality. Oh, okay, all right. So it's all cool. Yeah. So Kantian ethics, probably the most complicated to explain here. Deontology is similar, but instead of having all of the different requirements, it's basically just use rules to distinguish right from wrong. Duty and intentions matter, even if there are bad outcomes. Whereas consequentialism is all about the result. Utilitarianism is about the greatest good for the greatest number. So each of these have their own use. Now, after hearing all of them, um, Bob, do you have a moral theory you ascribe to more than others? Or is this all just a bunch of bullshit to you? Or how do you feel about it? I appreciate the underpinnings of philosophy and what that represents. Because it's easy as a person, for me as a person who lives my day-to-day -day life in, out in the world, and is generally not aware of this sort of stuff on a regular basis, to just be like, oh, well, I can, if I, I just try and do good, right? I, my, I would say my personal approach to things is I try to be a good person. I, I acknowledge that there are parts of myself that are not as not good, that I make decisions that are that are ultimately lead to bad consequences or that I wish I didn't make. And I like I do my best to curb those impulses. And like, sure, like I could say that, right? I could describe. But none of that. It ignores the question of what is good and for me on a daily basis i know what i think is good and it's generally probably pretty close to what most people around me think is good like the, I, i'm in line with society but in as things get more complex and as like in the world and everything that can and has and will happen in the world plays out i appreciate that it is important to have a context in which you can analyze in a meaningful way what does it mean to try and say if something is good or bad? Why is one action valuable, even though it may objectively seem to be bad because of all of these uh, secondary outcomes, even though the ultimate, you know, the, the main thing that it accomplishes is good versus like there's it's complicated. The thing about life is that shit is complicated. And when you get insanely bad things or insanely complicated things happening to large groups of people or across different cultures, it's not always easy to just say, oh, well, we all know what's right right we all agree and know what's right yeah i can appreciate that and i can try and delve into this uh, and i will try and engage with this today but like i guess my where i fall on it is for most people in a day-to-day -day life i think it's more important to try and be in touch with the world that you actually live in to with the people that are around you and make and assess how your personal morals 
line up with the morals of the group that you live within, your culture or society. Whether or not you can analyze yourself or those around you in a meaningful way doesn't affect your day-to-day life as much as your ability to understand differences you might see, choices you might make versus your people that live around you in your in your close group like you have to live in the real world and the analysis of philosophy is not always useful is as to making daily decisions and coping with living around people who may or may not agree with you on fundamental ideas about what is good and what is bad or what morals should be you know upheld it's valuable but it's not always useful there is another moral theory called egoism where morality is more dictated by pursuing your own self-interest more of an individualized morality which seems immoral in some ways but also there's a whole thing about it i mean i agree i I think that understanding morality is overall beneficial and can help you understand at least why you feel certain way about certain things or issues or the world or certain decisions people make or you make like maybe you feel a certain way about an issue and you don't know why you feel that way and you look at different moral theories and maybe it's like oh maybe this is why i feel that way because of this maybe it's because uh i can universalize a world in which all of this everyone does this and therefore based on Kantian ethics that's where I feel about this but maybe you have a similar thing where it's like okay well we keep helping the individual we keep helping the individual but if we don't push this button and 10 innocent people die the whole world ends we have to kill people to do good killing people's not something you can universalize therefore you can't do that based on Kantian ethics but under utilitarianism yeah of course you sacrifice 10 people to save the world you look at different issues through different lenses sometimes and try to understand how you feel about things but there's always a different way to look at something which makes these issues confusing because people will argue on behalf of issues from different perspectives some people look at it from the individual perspective some look at it from the cultural some God. Thank you for your segue. I had a vision when I was a boy. I saw a golden light shining above me. And then I saw a glowing light shining below me. And I realized I had a choice to make which patron deity I would pledge my allegiance to for all my life. And then I chose. I flipped a coin. Didn't really know what the difference was. But then that shining light surged through me with the power of a thousand suns. And my life choices have been dictated for me ever since. Did you go up or down? Are you a top top son or a bottom son? Are you a big bottom? Yeah, I flipped a coin. It hit tails. Uh, I don't really remember a lot after that. I was kind of enveloped in a blinding white light. Um, and then I felt all of my particulates kind of like disperse and then reassess. You ever seen uh, Watchmen? Yeah. 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 So remember what happened to Dr. Man? I'm like, ah! that kind of happened to me. Is that why you bought the accordion penis lens? Probably, yes. Uh, I think all of my life decisions have been uh, because of the glory that is God surging through me. Um, And as his or hers or whoever's chosen vessel, I'm not really uh, sure. And I don't question it because I don't need to apply any morality. Well, not only do you believe in uh, divine command theory, but you also are the chosen vessel. I mean, I'm a chosen vessel. I don't know if I'm the chosen vessel until until that thought is planted inside my soul. I will uh, question it no further. You know what, Mark? I'm going to give you just some points for sticking by your guns, dedicating yourself to divine command theory after hearing none of the other ones first and truly just knowing what is right. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Everyone loves Mint Mobile and it's time for more Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. If you say a word too much, it doesn't sound like a word anymore. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile, Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile. Did you know Mint Mobile has unlimited talk and text? Everyone knows Mint Mobile has unlimited talk, text, and data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows you can save with Mint Mobile. 
Mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash distractible. Use distractible. Use the slash distractible to get this new customer offer. Go to mintmobile.com slash distractible. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash D-I-S-T-R-A-C-C-I-B-L-E. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month for the first three months only. Speed slower than 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I have a question, Wade. So this is where I'm not a good philosopher, right? Because my I tend to focus on the wrong thing and ask the wrong questions when it comes to what philosophers like to actually talk about. And the thing that always gets me about we're talking about these different lenses through which to analyze uh, morality and then ethics of different, you know, whatever, whatever might happen or choices. Do you think analyzing a potential choice or a potential thing that is happening or whatever analyzing something like that is persuasive like if the president of the united states is trying to make some insane decision like things that you know things that happen when countries are at war like during world wars there were some crazy things where presidents and and leaders world leaders were deciding if civilians in certain places were going to live or die uh, because of bigger motivations because the war the world was at war things are at a scale that's hard to comprehend for individual people do you think that this sort of analysis is persuasive in terms of if you're if you're talking about a decision like that people will look to this and be like oh what should i do what should i do and and, ta- and use this as a as a thing to make the decision or do you think these represent human rationalizations of the fact that morality is very full of contradiction and that there it's very hard to ever say if something is definitively objectively moral or immoral or good or bad or whatever and these different systems exist because one of them doesn't satisfy the need to rationalize everything that has happened or that might happen but all of them in combination can find a way to rationalize human decisions human behavior it's, it's tough. I don't think whenever the president's making a decision that important, he's thinking about utilitarianism versus Kantian ethics. I highly doubt that's coming to mind specifically. I think that whenever you're weighing a decision, like let's say, like you said, he's got to do something to stop a bomb, but it's going to cause civilian casualties if he stops it, but ultimately it'll save more lives. And it's like, well, innocents will die. That's bad. But if I don't, more innocents will die. It's like the trolley problem, right? Do I pull the lever to save more people knowing I'm going to kill one? Is there a difference between killing versus letting die? That's a whole, I took a whole thing on killing versus letting die. Uh, if you go and you drown somebody in the bathtub versus, you know, you have your uh, dying grandfather who's very, very ill, who wants to die, and he puts himself under the water and you step outside and let him die, is that better or worse than killing him yourself? Is it the same? There's a whole discussion to be had about that too. But I do think these moral theories help us figure out why we feel the way we do about certain issues and why we make some of the decisions we do. I don't think it's so much about making them. It's figuring out why we feel the way we do about them. Well, here's a here's a question I have, which is a lot of this is like it it reminds me of like fallacies and the different like categories of fallacy. And there's a fallacy called like the fallacy fallacy, like not everything is a fallacy. And there's there's an argument for me argument to be made that like not everything is a moral quandary but i have a i have a specific question is what do you think what do you guys think about killing that sounds like a joke question no I no no it. no it again i took a whole thing it's, it's a long time ago and i'm so rusty I, I we talked about something in class i i feel like where there was the uh terminally ill grandparent dying in the bathtub you let them die so they can find peace There's also the, I'm walking down the street and I see a small child fall into a pool. The child is clearly going to drown if I don't do anything. But that child is baby Hitler. Gotcha. 
Or, you know, I just don't want it. Like, what if I go try and I fail and then I'm held responsible? I'm just going to let whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I'm going to keep going. Letting the child die feels pretty wrong, right? Like, if you think about it, like, it's like you shouldn't let the kid drown in the pool. Uh, letting the terminally ill grandparent die in the in the tub kind of feels like, okay, killing I mean, uh, again is killing is holding the pillow over terminally ill grandpa bad. Uh, you think that, you know, just stabbing someone out and wherever and killing them would be bad. But mercy killing, uh, you know, Kevorkian type stuff is that we can gradient it like so you or anybody, someone's charging at you with a knife. You have a gun. That's cool, right? That's not cool. Wait, no, that's the wrong way to contextualize Sick. it. Sick. Yeah, yeah. I turn my baseball cap backward. And I'm like, dude, come on. And then bam. you mean self-defense? Yeah, exactly. Self-defense. You guys yes. would kill in that aspect. It is. I think that I would. Yes, it is taking a life, but that's OK. Yeah, because the assumption is, is this person is the aggressor and they're going to take a life if they can. And you don't want to take a life, but you're doing it to protect a life. Whereas they're not doing anything to protect a life. They're initiating it. So therefore it's wrong. You're a soldier in a war. There's another soldier in the foxhole next to you. And you both stand up at the same time. It's kill or be killed. Is that a similar situation? I would say that's an entirely different situation, but also probably I wouldn't blame a soldier for killing an enemy soldier. And if I was in that position, I think I would probably do whatever I had to do. Uh, I can't imagine because I've never even come close to being in a position like that. But I think I think you do what you have to do. It, I assume I would do whatever I had to do to try and keep myself alive or save my you know people, whatever. Is this a type of moral theory where you gradient it based on like acceptable parameters of like da 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 da? What what moral theory would you attribute to this? Might be the way to ask it, and that's that's t that's difficult because maybe this is relativism, right? This is a like maybe war is its own society because two different factions of soldiers have kind of agreed to go to war and fight each other to the death. So therefore, their moral code is different than people outside of this war society because we, you and I haven't agreed to go and fight each other to the death. Whereas whenever you were enlisted or drafted or whatever else, whether you want to or not, the new rule is you point guns and shoot at each other and kill each other. And that's just how it is. So maybe that's where relativism comes into place. Egoism, your own self-interest is surviving. I mean, you can look at it for, again, different lenses to figure out what's right or wrong. But ultimately, like intrinsically, what's your gut tell you? If someone's pointing a gun at you and they're initiating a thing that might kill you in self-defense, it is okay to defend yourself and kill. I think almost everyone would agree to that. Well, I think there are some people who would say... I would not kill, I would flee. You can adjust the situation, though, to make it where you can't, right? Like, let's say it's either you kill them or they kill you. That's sure. your scenario. So this is the thing. I Again, I'm a bad philosopher. You're, you're essentially digging down, Mark, into, okay, well, where do these things break down? Right. Mm -hmm. You're asking the type of question where it's like it's easy to to craft a theoretical situation where there's an absolute thing. Either you you die or you kill them and they die. And you even in a situation like war, there may be some absolute situations. I'm sure that that happens and that sometimes that's just how it is. But even in a situation like war, there are probably scenarios that play out where a person may look at it and see it that way, that it's an absolute I kill or I die situation but it isn't the specific details of any separate instance of anything that we're talking about always matter when you're trying to analyze something through the any lens of moral philosophy because in a theoretical absolute you can craft it to explore the boundaries to try and make things work or not work to explore where it breaks down 
But in the real world, there are any number of factors that we both don't get to know about or can't know about. And also you will only know once something is actually happening, right? There are lots of scenarios where the, you're, you're, you're facing down with another soldier, but you have hard cover and they don't. Is it right for you to kill them, even if you could hide and they couldn't kill you? Like, yeah, well, there, there are details. There are, there are important details. Is it important to explore those just to say like, well, what is this? Well, what is this? Or is it more important to look at things that have happened or are happening and use that as a context in which to try and work out morality. Because you could make up anything you want and you can make up any detailed information that you want, but like that ignores the nuance of a real situation and how each, you know, even if you are facing the exact same soldier you faced 10 seconds ago, suddenly your cover has gone or whatever. Like, you know, the, the exact same situation is not the exact same in the real world for whatever reason. I, I like your question because it's that's the fun part, right? Of just like, well, how does this fit? How does is that is that progressing anything, or is that just us going in circles about like, well, that's Kantian, well, but that doesn't work if you change this information, then that's just utilitarian. But you could do that infinitely if you wanted to. I think that there, it's it's more broad than that too, though, because like self defense under almost every theory, you can argue self defense is morally permissible, even though it involves killing. The act of defending yourself from harm is something you could universalize, right? So even under Kantian ethics, you could think about, okay, is protecting myself from harm something I can universalize? Yes, if everyone tried to protect themselves from harm, we wouldn't be harmed. That seems like a good thing. So even if we have to kill to do that, it's not killing insofar as it's killing for the act of killing. It's defending yourself. Death comes from it. And then it's okay. Consequentialism is the consequence of me having killed someone one bad yes however the opposite is also going to be true if i didn't kill them i would be dead they were the aggressor is stopping an aggressor good so therefore consequentialism you might weigh out and be like yes there's more good consequences of defending myself than not divine command theory you know if you're supposed to protect yourself god wills you to take care of yourself your neighbor your family okay so egoism protect yourself that makes sense deontology the act of defending yourself or your country or fighting for what you think is right and stopping something you think is bad. I mean, you can probably say that that moral law would justify doing something like that in that case. You can look at it and like some actions can probably be morally permissible under more moral theories than others. Some get to be more controversial and difficult to analyze. But I think you can find there are certain things that are like, you know what? I think almost all moral theories would say that that's a good thing. Therefore, that's probably a moral law. There was an intense debate that just occurred like last week that I think applies to this. Let's say I had to get a finger amputated. I ask the doctor, can I keep my finger? Doctor says, yes. I bring it home. I call up both of you guys and I say to you, I have my finger. I'm going to cook it. You guys want to try my finger? Pass. I mean, I'm a little curious. See, 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 that's it. That's the thing. That was the debate. Well, so is the debate, is the argument that that's wrong to want to eat a human finger just objectively is, or that's one side of that? That's one side of it. Like it's a debate, right? It's, it's for me, I am hard pass because I don't ever, ever in my life to the day I die, want to try human flesh. I just don't want to do it. That's just, that's a hard stop for me. I pass, but not for moral reasons. I would just actually throw up. Like even just imagining that I'm kind of like, Ooh, mm. but just cause like, that's icky to me. If, mm -hmm. if, if I was like, Pat, if you presented cooked, your cooked finger 
and I, and it was in front of me, I might actually throw up, but I would be like, no, I'm good. And if Wade <laughs> in front of me or some other person, if it doesn't want to be Wade, just grabbed it and was like, oh yeah, and ate it like a chicken wing, I might throw up, but I would be like, oh, so how did it taste? Like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, I don't, I don't ascribe morality to that. The moral problem with eating humans is that you theoretically have to kill a human in order to eat them. If there is human flesh that gets to exist and no longer is alive and is otherwise just going to turn into compost and dust i don't think there's a moral question about whether it's wrong to eat it or not it's basically whether it grosses you out or not i have the moral quandary where even if i was in a situation where i was starving to death i do not want to eat human flesh so i would and and it's hard to say because when you're starving your brain pushes you to do extremes but also willpower baby i want to go even further beyond i would like to know and i would be proud of myself if i was in a situation where frozen on a mountaintop and there was someone else there and they died first i would be proud of myself to die knowing that i never went that far and i never crossed that line so i think where cannibalism comes in is typically whenever you're thinking about cannibalism you're thinking about the other person it's like they don't want to die and be eaten but in the situation where you're both dying and one of you let's say you both made a pact it's like if i die first you have permission to eat my body well if i die first you have permission to eat my body to survive in that case if there is no moral quandary about the death and the uh, you know autonomy of your body you're giving them permission you're like no please i'd rather you live like let's say it's someone you love right like it's your kid your spouse whatever and you want them to live and you'd rather them eat your flesh and survive than die is the act of eating a human or cannibal like being a cannibal or whatever is that in and of itself bad or is it usually just the killing and or i'm not doing it see this is where i think philosophy is fascinating mark why do you think you could get to why you feel that way? And I'm not judging whether it's right or wrong. I'm just curious. You obviously feel very strongly about this. Exactly. Yeah. I, and and I couldn't tell you exactly why I feel strongly about it, other than the fact that I want to draw a line. I want to uphold that standard for myself. It's inherent to me that I do not like the concept of cannibalism in any way of like eating another human. And I think that that doesn't mean I'm not holding myself like I'm better than everyone else. You cannibals, you cannibals out there. I'm not even curious about it. I don't want to know what it tastes. I want to go to my grave knowing that I never ate another person. And I know people are always going to bring up like squabbling. What about auto cannibalism? Chewing on your lip, uh, biting fingernails or like, you know, munching on that stuff. Yes, that's that's a whole thing. I'm drawing an arbitrary. Well, hardly arbitrary, but, you know, because you can define it with the scenario of like, eat my body after I die. But even then, I'm just like, I'm very strongly just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to have that on me. I don't want to live with that memory is it about you then, or is it about the other person? Is it a... Oh, it's absolutely about me. A oh, sanctity it's... of their body, or is it just that you couldn't live with the idea that you had done that, or some something like that? Exactly. It's an ego-driven thing where it's like, I don't want to survive with that being the reason. This feels like a relativistic approach, because I feel like growing up, we knew necrophilia was bad. We knew cannibalism was bad. We knew murder was bad. Like, those are all things we were raised, taught to believe, right? It's like uh, what the Donner Party was that, like, the group that, like, ate each other and stuff. Like, you hear about that. It's like, oh, my God, that's horrible. That belief is more relative to our culture versus a culture where people 
grew up fighting and what was the group that actually were cannibalistic it wasn't was the aztecs i have no idea uh i don't actually know that information i believe there was a tribe or a group i can't remember that was cannibalistic but like you were raised in that culture and it's like we killed it we eat it we're not gonna let it go to waste human boar whatever we are predisposed to thinking cannibalism is bad it's one of those things you hear and you have that knee-jerk reaction of like, how can you even debate this? Of course it's bad. Like, no, end of discussion. I don't even want to hear any of that more. It's just, it's bad. Some people don't ever want to discuss. They just knee-jerk reaction. That's how they feel. That Therefore, that's right. But like, when you think about it, why do we feel that way is like Bob's question. Like, why? Why is eating another person bad if... Uh, let's say they're not religious, so they don't think their body needs to be preserved. Uh, let's say neither one of you are, right? Like, if you believe that their body might be resurrected uh, during a rapture or something, you're like, okay, I'm not going to eat their body. That's a whole other question. But let's assume that you're both equal ground. You don't believe in that. Their flesh will rot and be eaten by animals or whatever the ground if you don't. They gave you permission. Why is it still bad at that point? And for you, you said, well, it's just for me, I draw the line, don't want to cross it. De why is that where your line is? It's It's largely a personal thing. I think it's like an honor thing uh for me is just like i want to be honorable and and yes you could definitely spill it out there like what is the honorable thing it's for me is like i have to have certain things that i make the bedrock of who i am and like making decisions and delineations like that are important to me there there is always a thing where i i believe firmly that to live you have to take life that's an absolute for me you could probably prove it because you have to eat organic matter that was made by something alive right now maybe so on your tombstone that is mark fishbach took life wasted meat i mean i've wasted a lot of meat let's be <laughs> first class we've all let a lot of meat rot in the drawer a lot of vegetables the pillars of mark fishbach you could take life don't eat people those are two of the pillars of mark even if you're a vegan, your body every day, every second of every day is murdering millions of things. Like, and all those millions of things are trying to murder you at any given second of any given day. That's what's occurring. That's not even an eating thing. That's a to live. We have to kill uh, on a cellular level. Uh, now, the morality of that beyond that is the, the self and the larger self and whatever. Um, but for me, it's just like it's super simple to me because there is no moral quandary that I need to debate further than I don't want to. You could attribute it to like upbringing or something like that is for me, the concept of it, the concept of having to stoop to eating another person is abhorrent to me and therefore I won't do it. I don't want to apply that to anyone else, but for me to respect the person that I am and the integrity that I hold, I want to believe that I would be strong enough in any circumstance to not go there. But I am also wise enough to know that hunger may drive me past that. That was my question, just to explore this, if you were willing to talk about it more. You, I think it's totally valid for you to feel, to hold that belief in yourself, and I appreciate that you brought up that you you wouldn't want to try and apply that to other people but do you think if you knew that i lived out some sort of donor party situation if, if i admitted and you knew that i was in a situation where i was going to die unless i ate a fallen comrade i ate human flesh despite how gross it may have been for me i did that so that i survived and i ultimately survived and came back is there any version of that story that colors where your personal belief about that as a, as a thing changes how you feel about me do you like you I, you, you don't have to be concerned about my honor i don't think people generally are but like would it affect how you feel in any way knowing that i ate some other human 
person. I think it would. I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I think it would. It, it may not affect it like a lot. Like, I believe that we would probably still be friends, but I'd always think of that because it's not even so much like asking how it would, how it would affect. It's like, of course, any new knowledge is going to affect. But if I looked at you and I always knew in the back of my mind, you hate a person that would subconsciously or consciously affect how the future of our relationship as friends would go. It just would. There's no way it wouldn't. I think the reason it does to some extent, one, I would pity you for being in that position. It's like, that is horrible to be put in that position. Two, there's our raised perception that cannibalism is bad. It's like, oh, oh. Three, I would wonder, just out of curiosity, like, did you enjoy it? Was it tasty? Would you do it again? And then, like, there's also, I mean, just being honest with my thought process, it, then there's there's a situation where that puts you at, like, a predator and me at a prey in my mind. Even if it's just for a brief moment, there's a, he's either killed, he's maybe killed someone. Even if he didn't kill, he's eaten someone. Would he eat me? Like, like yeah, the, like there is, even if it's just like a brief moment of time where that thought passes through my mind, it is a thought that passes through my mind, which intrinsically makes me feel like I'm at a disadvantage near you because I know, I don't know if I can go to those depths. I've never been put there, but you've been put there and you did it. What happens if we're in that situation? You've already done it. Would you immediately just kill me and eat me? Or would we, like, would it wait till I die? Like what would happen? Those thoughts do pass through my head. And maybe that's what makes it bad is all of a sudden we're no longer on equal footing because you've done some horrible thing in my mind, whether it's horrible because it is or horrible because we've been raised to feel that way or horrible because I feel like you have killed a human being. Therefore, you could kill me. Uh, I don't know which approach is the bigger part of it, but all of those thoughts are things that pass through my head that do change, at least in a brief moment, how I feel about you. Yeah, and I think that's that's a big part of it for me, too, is just like the equal footing thing is like everyone on the same playing field and like having that absolute helps build the bedrock of like who I am. And also it's the foundation of relationships between other people. I mean, it's often an unspoken one. Usually people will operate under the assumption when they need to meet a new person is like, we're not going to eat each other. We don't even need to say that. That's a basis. But Bob, you could eat me. It's like when you watch Survivor and they have two teams and sometimes they'll vote out the strongest member of their own team even if it puts them at a disadvantage for the overall competition because they know that that person's the biggest threat to them winning even if that person would also be a reason their team could win. Like sometimes people play like the underdog role where it's like they try to look too good at things so that way people don't see them as a threat even if they're on the same side because there's just that inherent like well in their case it's an actual competition but I feel like in real life that somewhat applies too right where some people want to be seen as bigger than they are and some people want to be more in the shadows and i i feel like we do judge ourselves and our peers as to how we weigh with one each other even if one another even if it's like subconscious i think that that's there so wade analyze this for me okay i, I well it's, it's me analyze me i'm just thinking about this and i might be totally out my own ass with this because i this is makes me feel very like oh a whole, this is like a holier than thou position that i feel like i'm staking right now but if i'm trying to imagine myself in that position and and how i feel about other people in life in general what you guys are saying doesn't resonate with me as much i would not as far as i'm aware of maybe subconsciously i would i would never look at another person and see the circumstances that they have been in and think ah well that behavior in that circumstance makes them a threat to me in this circumstance and i feel like for the way that i think about other people when i'm interacting with them and how i when i try like how i try to be respectful towards other people i'm always willing to say despite whatever you've done and most people i interact with are not like 
you know, murderers or something. But like, no matter what's happened, you did things in your life because you had to react to whatever scenario. Right now, we are here. Right now, we're in a scenario where I'm not a threat to you. Hopefully that, you know, you feel that way. That's how I feel. Things are safe. Things are stable. It's a social setting. It's work, whatever. Like, this is a normal safe average scenario so i would give you the benefit of the doubt as an individual that even if you were cannibalistic you did that because you were going to die you're not in a situation here where we're we're in a life and death situation it's not working at jimmy john's that's not going to come up but if it did come up i wouldn't even be offended if you ate me i'm pretty unhealthy i'd probably die fast if i was in like a you know caught in a blizzard survival situation i'm not good at that and like i i think that the person is not necessarily reflected upon by what they did because what they did is almost always a response to a scenario i will judge someone if i think that they did something in a scenario where their decision was clearly immoral where they were in a position position where there was nothing threatening them but they acted aggressively you know there's any number of theoreticals but right if you if you could see what they did you know they were abusive they initiated a fight they were you know a situation where it's like you didn't need to do that that does speak about you but if you did it to survive that doesn't say anything about the person it says that you're a, a human right what does that mean about me because that makes me feel different than what you guys were saying but also am i just like a holier than thou douchebag or is that was it analyze me I think we're conflating two different things here because whenever I said that I had those reactions, those are my knee-jerk reactions. That's not my rationalized thought. That's like, that happens, you tell me. Those are the thoughts that first pass through my mind. Those are the intrusive thoughts. I would say that that is my knee-jerk reaction to people. You wouldn't have a, you would not have an intrusive thought of like, oh my God. If someone tells me like, oh, I had a horrible past or, oh, I said something happened. You know, I was in a situation. If they're telling me about whatever their story is, they told me they ate another human because they were at a party and this, my initial reaction would be like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. I can't believe that happened to you and you had to make those choices. But there's no intrusive thoughts about like the, the, like not even for a moment is there a thought of like, Oh my god as to like concern for myself in the in our interaction well just like let, let's say that this person did that and then all of a sudden like hey do you want to go on a hiking trip up mount everest and it's like for a moment are you do you even have a moment's thought of like what if we get into a scenario and it comes down to them eating me unless we are actively like if i was interviewing uh someone who had been in jail for murder and they were like yeah i killed a man with this gun and they pointed the gun at me in that moment yeah i'm in a scenario where i'm like oh shit like i shouldn't have let it get here but unless there's a scenario where the person is actively a threat to me in what we're doing no i don't think anything that they've done previously reflects on who they are inherently as a person and i it doesn't make me feel that way even as a knee jerk it doesn't make me feel that way usually uh, so I have the intrusive thought that I then like rationalize out. So I'll have that thought of like, oh my God, could they do that to me? No, we, the, the, clearly it was a one-time thing. They didn't want to do it. They had to do it to survive. Obviously this was traumatic and horrible for them and they probably need more support than anything right now. I feel bad for even having that moment of judgment. Like I, I, that's how my brain would process that. I would have that thing and then I would internally guilt trip myself for having that knee-jerk reaction and explain it away to myself. Because like whenever you were talking about it, that's how I felt about it right away was, oh, you did that? And then it's like, oh, you had to do that. That's like, I don't know. That's where my brain went in that moment. 
our knee-jerk reactions that Mark and I had aren't necessarily moral. Hey, don't lump me in with your weird knee-jerk reactions, you judgmental freak. You said the same thing. No, I did not. No way. This crazy man here is judging you, Bob. Hey, listen, just because I don't, you live your life, buddy. You eat as many people as you want, and I bet you do. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You know what, Bob? Five points for Mark thinking you're the host again. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> anyway, I guess I would be more widely curious, too. With watch listeners. Listen, watch people out there. Talk about in the subreddit. Which one are you? Are you a me or are you a them? Good or bad? Moral or immoral? Stake your claim. Yeah, so I don't know. I uh, Maybe it has to do more with where the mind goes immediately because it's not to say i never have intrusive thoughts and i've certainly been judgmental of people who were not deserving of it like i've been a dick i'm not saying i've never been a dick to anyone in my life but i just it's it always shocks me more that these things happened and that someone had to make a choice than anything like i agree once i have a moment to actually think then yeah i i'm there but that emotional gut response of like because I, I i'm not a i'm a visual person so whenever someone says something or describes something to me i picture it so if they tell me they're around a campfire there's snow everywhere there's some shabby tents with holes in them they're freezing there's dead bodies of their friends lying there like i picture that i picture them having to like pick up an arm and put it over the fire and take a bite like i see it that i think affects things right when you visually see things like that happening and you imagine it i think it adds more depth to it i get what you're saying i get what you're saying bob is I immoral because he can't picture this stuff because he can't picture it, he is sin incarnate. I agree with you, Wade. On this, we're on the same page. I'm saying his flaws make him an immoral monster. By all moral theories, Bob is abhorrent and probably the worst of us. I wonder how much aphantasia does impact your your views on morality as a person. It impacts everything. It impacts how you like you know how you experience the entire world. But like morality is heavily based around empathy and trying to imagine, because most of the stuff you consider hasn't happened to you. It happened to someone else, or it's theoretically happening. It's all about how you're imagining a scenario playing out. I can't envision in a human arm and cutting an arm off of a fallen friend to put to roast it. To, like, I can't see that. It's purely, you know, my version of how I imagine things. Well, we're also biased, too. Like, if, if you're... If what you know of cannibalism is being told it's bad all your life and what you've seen of it are things portrayed in movies and video games like remember Until Dawn, the girl eating her sister or whatever. And, oh, spoilers. Sorry, <laughs> an old game. Uh, or in like The Walking Dead when you come across cannibals in that show and it's like when you see someone either eating someone alive or cutting parts of them off while they're living and then cooking and eating it in front of them and stuff, it skews your initial perception so you have that knee-jerk reaction. Morality isn't necessarily that knee-jerk reaction. Morality is more so, especially with Kantian ethics and other things, is when you take time and use reason and you try to get your emotions out of the equation and you come up with these imperatives or you come up with these moral laws or you weigh whether something is overall more beneficial or less beneficial or if you can universalize, so on and so forth. It's, it's more in-depth than, oh, Oh, that doesn't seem right like that might be your, then you have to explain why why doesn't that seem right 
And then what we came up to, I, I think what we decided with cannibalism is we think it's wrong insofar as that if you kill a person to eat them or if you violate a person's autonomy by destroying their body when that wouldn't be something they wanted or you either one of you think is right, that's immoral. However, if we are viewing humanity as on an equal plane with animals and animals kill and eat each other, we kill and eat animals, we can kill and eat each other, or at least we can eat a dead body if your friend dies and says, please eat me to save yourself. And we can see that that's morally okay in that instance. Don't lump me in the weed. I am hardline. Not only do I not want to do it, here's this big kicker. I think I'm better than you because I won't do it. And I don't think like I'm a lot better in this instance. I think of myself in a superior light. And this isn't like insulting like you're bad people for this. I elevate my opinion of myself because I'm able to take this hard stance. And I think it equates to me being able to, in my mind, not not saying it's right. I lay this foundation and draw the line so that I can build myself up on it. And so then I can elevate who I am in my mind and I can think of myself better. And I think in moral theory, and this probably is a big part of it is like the ego part of that you were saying is like for me to build the confidence of myself, I have to have a bedrock. I have to have a foundation of beliefs and things about myself and how far I'd be willing to go. And as much as people joke about it, the things that I talk about in terms of being able to endure, being able to endure hardship, pain, things like that. It's not a masochism thing. It's a necessity for me to build up who I am. A lot of it is a theoretical thing. It's all theoretical exercise until I get abducted by aliens and they, you know, they torture me in horrible ways so that I can endure for the good of humanity. Well, let's let's adjust the situation slightly. You have a family and young kids that are depending on you. If you don't make it back down this mountain, they will die. So you either eat another human, which goes against what you believe in, or you're allowing them to die. See, that's an absolute that you don't know because you wouldn't have the information proper. Because my in that moment, my mindset would be like, I got to gun it down this mountain. That that would be I, that's how I would rationalize the choice. Even if you know that in the scenario it's eat or I don't make it back for me in that scenario with the knowledge that I would have in that theoretical situation. It's like I'm not going to eat that hard line. That's not even an option. I got to make it down this mountain and I would die in your in this scenario. I would die, but I would die trying and sticking to my beliefs. Okay, uh, you're a nutritionist and you know that if you don't eat soon, you are going to die. And the only source of flesh, like it'll take a day to get down the mountain. You maybe have hours left if you don't eat. For the thing, that's the same thing. Because it's a hard line and because the foundation is there, I would not. Because I know that that's that, that has to be the foundation. And in this theoretical, it's like all of these theoreticals, I have to give the same answer that I wouldn't, no matter what, because that's that's how I'm drawing the line is like it is without. I guess I I'm curious. I, I think it's totally like I believe you because I know you enough to think that I, I kind of do believe you would die if that was the situation. You would choose that. What if you didn't? What if you ate a person, made it off the mountain, whatever? Like, I do not don't analyze whether you would assume it was a nightmare and you did whatever you had to. You lost all sense of reason. You just did instinctively whatever you did and you survived. Can you no longer live with yourself? Does it shatter who you think you are? How does that affect you? If I had to do that, and because I am, I believe so hard in this line, that's how people have psychotic breaks, is because their entire sense and understanding of themselves fundamentally changes. If I face that situation and I fail that test, I will come back questioning everything about who I am. 
I had that moment. I, I told you guys whenever my brother and I fought and I wanted to throw him down a flight of stairs, that was a moment that shook me to my core because it was like it went against everything I thought I was and believed in who I was because I didn't succeed in trying. But like I knew in my mind, like during that moment, that primal instinct was kill. And like the fact that it got there shook me because, yeah, that was something I didn't think I was capable of. Now, and this is totally opposite because I'm not saying this scenario is totally opposite. I'm saying like me not eating is very different. I will kill someone. I will if I have to. Not saying happily. I'm not saying happily. There are other lines that land in different places. And I think that makes up who a person is. Their lines are all over the place. Is this something you believe because it's a moral thing or is it more of your value or your intrinsic self? worth intrinsic self-worth okay so morally you could see where it would be okay for someone to eat someone else to survive but for you as an individual your values prevent you from doing that even if you think morally it might be acceptable mm, i think so yeah okay because i don't want to conflate beliefs morals values like they're similar but they are somewhat different and sometimes we can think something is moral but still not act on it because it goes against like you said who we think we are and moral theories do clash the whole thing is like they clash killing somebody to save the world is like it's immoral to kill them, but it's also moral to try to save the world, right? To save as many lives as possible. Utilitarianism, the greater good. If you're killing everybody, that's not really the greater good, you'd think. Egoism, which is one I don't understand as well. I've not really dove, uh, delved into it all that much, but egoism is the... It's the bro, trust me, of moral theory. Um, which kind of, Mark, is if there was a moral theory attributed to like, well, my value, say don't, even if it's going to cause more harm than good, I would rather die sticking to my guns well so this is a line and i'm curious what you would say but i think i know what you're, you would say mark you feel this strongly steadfastly as it applies to yourself and it you say it would affect your relationship with you know whoever me or whomever if it's, if this that was a thing that someone else did and you knew it would you apply your own bar to other people or would it just color your opinion of them in terms of, you know that they did that, it changes how you see them? Okay, here's another scenario, just to explore it, is I'm in a camping trip. I'm in the Donner Party, right? I have this belief, but everyone else there is eating people left and right. I'm not saying that's what happens. That's that's making too much of a joke of that horrible situation. No, no, hold on, I back up a little bit. This is some other party unrelated to a thing that actually happened. Free bird solos playing, they're just grabbing each other, taking a bite. Yeah, so they're eating and obviously I, in my hunger, hopefully don't break this line, but I'm abstaining because they're, I know that I'm probably going to keel over because of this choice and that they're going to eat me. That subconscious thought is becoming very conscious very quickly, but I think it's something that I would have to, if I stuck to it, accept being like, I'm going to die. But hey, I guess they're going to live and I'll be dead. So there's nothing I can do about it. But I would be proud to die and have that stick to my guns and then they eat my body. And honestly, if it was my loved ones in the party, I might I might be the person to be like, hey, I'm not going to eat. But that clearly is going to knock me out. So eat me. I'd be fine with people eating me. I wouldn't be fine with people eating me. If, you know. <laughs> eat me, Mark, 2024. This is getting very confused. Uh, it's, it's confused. It's a, it's a difficult topic. Yeah, well, I think this is a thing. The thing about men, this might be totally off base, but the thing about egoism in as it applies to morals is someone who is more egocentric about what they think morality should be, Mark, would if they held your personal belief as to themselves, they would say, and everyone else also needs to believe this or they are immoral, right? 
the the idea of like i this is moral because i firmly believe it and you're totally every individualist welcome to firmly believe whatever they want as it applies to them as long as you're not hurting people blah 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 you, the diff, you're not trying to apply that to other people you're saying it might affect how you think about people and you're and you're like you believe it strongly so it may impact you but you're not you wouldn't go around and like you wouldn't be in that scenario you described and be like immoral immoral dead soon but moral but you would <laughs> no. just be you'd be wa- sitting in that scenario watching and you'd be like can't do it i i accept that but these guys are gonna live i hope they eat me and they make it out right like so that i feel like that's a difference between where how you're approaching it and what like someone who's more egocentric about it would say like well it's it's right because i know it's right and you have to believe it's right i i, I think mark's again i think he's approaching it from his own personal values more than from a moral perspective i think he's saying like i don't think it's necessarily moral or immoral to do this act it's immoral to do it if you don't have to but if you had to do it to survive is it very that, that much different than self-defense but i personally wouldn't do it because i value in of my values eating another person is not one of them i would think less of myself for doing it therefore i wouldn't do it if someone else does it i might think differently of them a little bit but like if it comes down to my judgment or them being dead i'd rather them eat me and have a little bit of negative judgment on my my behalf it's more of a me thing it's a me problem you eating someone is a me problem not a you problem it is a it is a me problem and it's a problem i'm making for myself and it's a problem i hope to never face but you never know the future of all the ways i expected this episode to go focusing on cannibalism and egoism was not really the way i thought it would go i didn't know how i thought it would go there were some things i wish we could have touched on like are humans the only things that have morals do animals have morals do only some animals have morals can cells have like how far down the line can we go to figure out morality we can talk about it we can do another episode on this sometime i, I knew we wouldn't be able to cover too too much in an hour i took four years of this and still am not satisfied with how much knowledge i got an hour is not really quite enough but hopefully you too and everyone out there watching got a little bit better understanding of how morals work. It's it's morality is complicated in that there's not just right or wrong. There's different ways to look at right or wrong. There's different moral theories that apply that don't always agree with each other. The trolley problem is interesting because from an individualistic perspective, it seems wrong to kill. But from a utilitarian perspective, it seems wrong to let more people die if all are equal in the scenario. One person versus four that are all same age, same health, same goodness, so on and so forth. All different things that people usually end up debating in politics or in morals or in life usually boil, boil down to coming at it from different perspectives. And a lot of times the way, reason people disagree is because they are attributing different moral theories to a problem and instead of figuring that out and trying to figure out which moral theory might apply more they just again resort to name calling or just i don't know belligerence and i think that taking time to discuss these things and actually figure out why like us delving into why mark felt the way he did about uh, cannibalism being wrong in all instances or for him at least we learned something we learned how his brain works a little bit we learned how our brains work a little bit and that knowledge and realizing we didn't know and we still don't know is enlightenment in my perspective, which is why I think philosophy is so important. Because when you apply that issue to things that are more pertinent to our lives, again, like abortion or other things that are debated in society, we learn a lot more and it makes your footholding on your position stronger or it might even change your mind. Moral theory, I think, is a lot more important than people. Like You hear ethics and theory and it's like, oh. But like once you actually start asking questions and learning, I, I find it fascinating. Hopefully you all did too, is what I'm trying to say. So thank you all for going on the journey with me. And it's centered us into a picking the winner. It makes you pro-cannibalism or against cannibalism. Well, we know what the show stands for, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I do have to pick a winner.
Who did I give the most points to while we were going? Was it Bob I gave the most points to? I mean, Mark? How would we know? How would we know? I, I remember. It was definitely me. I, I wrote it down, and it was me by a by a lot. Yeah, I think I wrote it down, and it's like, I have so many numbers in front of me. On an individualistic perspective, I think Bob definitely wins. From a value standpoint and a self-determined position, Mark held his ground despite our questioning and our probing and prodding. He stood his ground, and he would go down with the ship of his values and therefore on that through that lens mark is definitely the winner however oh god damn it looking at this as a whole i think bob you had some really interesting questions you delved into it you understood the fact that some questions are different and maybe not i think all questions are valid because any question you have regarding this stuff gets you on a path that leads to answers or another way of approaching or thinking about things so don't think you have a bad question but, you know, I just can't get past the fact that no matter what we said, Mark, you stood your ground and therefore I got to give you the win because divine command theory has willed it. I'll take it. That was a really roundabout. However, however, I think the greatest good is giving Bob the win. Mm -hmm. Mark, you win anyway. Okay, thank you. Because the consequences of you losing just might be too much for me to bear. All right, fair enough. Uh, I am so much better than everyone here on this podcast uh, because of my hard stances, and that's what I believe. And may the righteousness of the Lord flood me with his or her or they or them's glory. It surges through me from tip to top. Somehow you have divine egoism. You have just taken <laughs> the lordly ego. I like the sound of that. I have created a new moral theory. Divine egoism. Mark's moral theory. I am divinely egotistic. God has willed my ego and therefore I am right. God really nailed it with me. I am a shining example. All moral theory should just be following Mark's guidance. Uh, Bob, do you have... I don't want to call it a loser speech. Do you have an underdog speech? Another winner's speech? No, don't give them. Don't do that. Yeah, winners. I'll give my winner's speech. Sure. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think I asked some incisive questions today. I think I demonstrated my moral superiority. And no matter what Mark's uh, imaginary brain voice commands of him, uh, I think we can all see that his unbending will is just one more in a long list of flaws that makes him the perennial loser of this show, and it makes it just all the more clear that I should win, and I should always win, and it's me, Wade. I'm the winner. What even is winning? Is winning getting to host the next oh episode, or is it coming oh out of this God. with more oh, knowledge than we, we came in with? Oh. Are you taking the win from me or not? I can't tell anymore. I don't know. No, you win. Alright! End it! End it! End the episode! Thank you guys so much for watching. End it before Bob pisses his pants! End it quick! I apologize to those of you that are knowledgeable on morals and ethics that I couldn't do any of the theories real justice. It was a very rough attribution of moral theory. I apologize. I tried with limited time and limited knowledge after 12 years of being away from it. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Let us know your thoughts on the subreddit. Uh, if you haven't already, go follow Mark at Markiplier, Bob at MySkirm, I'm Wade, Minion777, or Lord Minion777. Again, hope you all enjoyed. Stay tuned for the next one where Mark will host and who knows what hell will be unleashed. Until then, podcast out. <laughs>